I remember having that same trouble, not being able to hear a thing. And uh, the nearest person I could hear at that time was my preacher, who, let's just say, not only did he not call the tune in the bucket, he wasn't entirely sure where the bucket was. So it got a little interesting sometimes. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew and chapter 6. I'm looking around because I'm going to need some helpers on this one. So we'll see who gets to be the, the lucky ones. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. We've already read, uh, when thou prayest, verse 5. Again, verse seven, verse 6 and 7, when thou prayest, when ye pray. And then we've got the, uh, the model prayer there in verses 9 through 13. And then we've got God's very direct teaching on forgiveness amongst believers. Okay, And then we talked last week a little bit about fasting. We're going to continue some of that. We're going to look at the very strict practical version of it, and then we're going to back out to the, the 30,000 foot idea. Okay, So verse 16 of chapter 6 of the book of Matthew. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, I do want to kind of draw attention to one thing, is they're not called hypocrites because they're only pretending to fast. They actually did a lot of fasting. We're talking about the Pharisees and scribes. They actually were fasting, okay? The hypocritical portion was why they were doing it. They were doing it not to get a hold of God or to get themselves in a place to be used of God or to be heard so that they could hear God, but so that others would see them as if they were fasting, okay? So the hypocritical part is not that they were not doing the fasting. They were. They were. Matter of fact, most of us would be a lot skinnier if we practiced the Pharisees' style of, of, of uh, fasting and the, the Sanhedrin. But that's, we're going to look at that a little bit as we go on. So let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that what you've given us in faith is not a popularity contest, and it is real. And Lord, I'm afraid as humans and even as believers, it seems I often, we often need reminders that it is real and what that should look like, Lord, and we'll thank you for it. And Lord, we ask that you'd help us to be attentive, and we'll thank you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So, fasting. The hypocrites here, and I love how to put this, but they want to be seen as suffering. So literally, I I mean, everything I've read said, they literally, when it says they disfigure their faces, like they actually put on white makeup, 
on their face so that they would appear as if, you know, they were pale and, you know, loss of nutrition and all that kind of stuff. So they literally were purposefully trying to appear uh, as they were, they wanted to be seen as suffering saints. Oh, woe is me. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I love Wearsby. Wearsby, the quote is great. So if you want to write it down, I'll say it twice. But Wearsby said this, If you have to look miserable to be considered spiritual, then there is something wrong with your view of spirituality. (laughs) I'm going to say it again. If you have to look miserable to be considered spiritual, then there is something wrong with your view of spirituality. So, essentially what the topic is about is the fasting portion. Of course, Jesus goes on to direct them in their fasting. So what is he talking about fasting? And that's a common question because there's a a broad, uh, even today there's a broad way we can do this, but typically, and the word actually means to deprive ourselves of food, okay, to deprive ourselves of food, um, okay, for a spiritual benefit, okay? However, generally speaking, people of almost all time have, have, have put it this way, depriving ourselves of food or some other enjoyment, again, for spiritual benefit. Uh, in other words, not pleasing what the body wants, as a matter of fact, purposefully telling the body that it can't have what it wants and it's just going to have to suck it up so that our spiritual life can become more present uh, in ourselves. Okay? You know, you understand that we are, we are a three-part person, body, soul, and spirit. Okay? Body being the thing that we live in. Okay? Soul being the personality of who we are. And of course, with the spirit, that's been enriched and enlivened. That's the eternal part of us. That has been that has made been made alive by God, and while we may not realize it, all well, I'm sure everyone here understands that all three are connected, right? You understand. So if you have a, a deep hurt, not a physical hurt, but a, like like for instance, the loss of a loved one is not a physical hurt, but it does affect the physical body. It's not uncommon at all for people that have that have suffered a severe shock or a severe loss to end up finding themselves sleeping for two or three days straight. That's not an unusual thing, okay? Because their body is bearing the weight of the burden that the soul has, has borne, okay? And it works the same way between the spirit and the flesh. Unfortunately, the flesh is kind of, you know, present and accounted for all the time and always wants what it wants, okay? We have in our brain a series of, uh, autonomic systems, they're, they're automatic systems that demand that our body do things and have things and take care of itself, self-defensive things. You know, many of you have had any kind of training, you understand the fight or flight, that literally fight or flight is something that's instinctual and you have to learn how to respond to and deal with. Uh, food, the need for food, it is a physical need, your body does actually need food, but then your tongue and your tongue and taste buds get involved to start trying to determine what kind of food, you know, okay, everybody here? You're all here? Okay, so you understand what I'm saying. And what fasting does is it helps, it helps the body catch the realization that it's not the only, and only thing that's involved here in my person, and it's not the most important thing. The, the spirit part of me is the most important thing, 
And of course, the soul being, again, who we are. So, deprive, now, I want, do want to be careful here that depriving yourself of food, okay, is not in and of itself holy or spiritual. Okay? Not just fasting. I'm going to fast and suddenly you're more spiritual. No. As a matter of fact, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, when, it's, when the Paul is talking to a couple and he talks to them about, about intimacy, he says, you should, not, you should not separate for a long period. You can while you're fasting because you don't want to put yourself in place for temptation. So sometimes, you know, especially if you're not prepared uh, to fast, you've not mentally prepared for, to fast, you aren't actually taking the time that you would be eating and worshiping and talking to the Lord. Instead, you're just making yourself, uh, you're putting yourself in a, temp- a place of temptation. So we can do that. So it is, it is a cautious thing. We need to make sure that we're purposefully adding prayer, fellowship with God, worship with God, not just not eating. Okay? That's like saying going to church makes you spiritual. No, but those who are spiritual go to church. Okay? Fasting makes you spiritual. No. I mean, depends on your purpose. It helps the spiritual side. Those who seek a spiritual walk with God will fast. Amen? So, I want to be careful about how we look at this. And we're going to look at it maybe even a little bit closer than that. But the, the idea, so the idea here, again, because he's, he's comparing the, the hypocrite, if you will, to what is a real walk with God. And if we, if we back out, think about all the things that he's been talking about. He talks about not giving so men can see, but God can see. Matter of fact, if we were to go back uh, just one verse into chapter 5, Jesus directly says that, that we're supposed to be looking to the Father as an example of action. That looking to the Father is something that doesn't stop. It's a, it's a looking to Him in consistency to talk to Him, to walk with Him, to find out who He is, Jesus said, search the scriptures for them. You think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Take my yoke upon you, meaning get in the yoke with me. A yoke is usually built for two. Get in the yoke with Christ and learn of me, Jesus says. Learn of Jesus. So we got this process where he begins to teach, how do you talk to God? Well, you're praying. That's a religious, you know, it's a religious action. No, it's talking to God. It's communication with God. It's real. And he's trying, to get, he's trying to divide what the Jews, what these Jewish disciples have seen as religion from what God actually sees as a relationship, a fellowship, walk with God himself. And he's, so, he's starting to show the difference. Like, this is what they're doing. This is what's real. This is what they're doing. This is what's real. They're pretending to pray. Here's how to really pray. They're pretending to give. Here's how to really give. They're pretending to fast. Here's how to really fast. Okay? Now, granted, both sides are doing the same action. Okay? Both sides are doing the same action, but one is totally missing the point, and Christ is trying to, in the process of teaching them, to correct their vision of what is a walk with God. Now, it's interesting that how this whole thing is put together because you end up with two pieces. Okay? You end up with the discovery, first of all, that, okay, be careful now. Don't, don't run away with your heads as soon as I say this. That, well, it doesn't matter what everybody thinks. Because you know how many times you've heard that? 
well, I just felt like I had to do this, I had to do this, I had to do this to be spiritual. A lot of times that's how we grow up because we ourselves as young, young believers or young Christians have not discovered a real walk with God and all we've done is tried to fit in. Okay? And until you have your own walk with God, there's nothing wrong with just doing what you're supposed to do. Okay? But at some point, that's got to transition into a walk with God. Now, what some people do is they say, oh, you mean it doesn't matter all the stuff I do because they've been doing it so other people could see them do it. And once that, that, that burden of trying to make sure everyone sees me doing it is lifted, they go, oh, you mean I can do whatever I want? And God is missed in the process. All they do is they feel the relief of the burden of trying to please everyone and they just stop being spiritual or suddenly drastically change their whole, all these things they used to do, and they don't do all the stuff anymore, saying, oh, I have liberty, I have grace. But the problem is, they did not replace the relieving of the burden of pleasing everyone with an actual fellowship with God. God never said here that fasting was sin. Did he? No, he said to be seen, to do it to be seen is the sin. That's the hypocrisy. And he says, when you fast. So you're still supposed to fast. He says, if you're praying to be seen, get it? That's, that's messed up. But you still pray. If you're giving to be seen, that's messed up. But you still give. You see the connection? Oh, you're putting the burden back on me. No, no, stop. Stop, stop, stop. This isn't about other people. Oh, by the way, if you think there's absolutely no yoke in the Christian life, you did miss the yoke part that Jesus talked about. But anyways, we'll just keep going. So I need, a, I need, a, I need three people. So I'm a, I'm, I end up picking a couple. Jared, can I use you? Bro, Brother Mark, can I use you? And Brother Jonathan, do you mind? Okay. So I'm hoping to put this, if I can, in a picture for you, all right? So, let's see. Brother Jonathan, if you could stand right here. So, Brother Jonathan is going to represent you, the real you, who you are. Okay? Now, let's see here. So, um, can, Jared, can you stand right there? And then, Mark, can you stand right there? Okay. Now, we are who we are, right? <clears throat> and then there's who we want people to think we are. Uh, come on. This, is, this affects things like the clothes we wear, the places we go, the things that we do. Uh, and then we could actually add a whole other section here and just call it social media. Because that's this guy trying to tell everyone else the best of who... Let me tell you, the social media is the biggest lie ever. So let me just talk to all young people. All young people. Everything you see on social media, half of it, just discount about 90% of it. It's just a lie. It's like one half a second picture that people took of their life that does not represent truth at all. Okay? Uh, generally speaking, that's all of social media. So this is what has happened is, is that Jonathan, or this guy's a believer. You, you're a believer. And as you grow up in a Christian life, if you've grown up like I have, I grew up in church. Some of you may be saved recently, so you're just not here in church. You are, you're, you care about what people think about you. 
So if, if um, you know, Father Moses Deacon stops by and puts his hand on your shoulder and says, you're such a great young man, that feels good, does it not? And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? But how he receives that, or how he's taught to receive it, can mess with him, okay? If he takes it as, oh, I've got to be seen as. Listen, I've got to be seen as this. He begins to focus his life making sure, well, I've got to make sure I'm at church. I've got to make sure I'm at all the right things. I've got to make sure I'm, I'm dressed all properly. But and is there anything wrong with those things? No. But his purpose is he wants to be seen as a Christian. And listen, he might even justify it by saying something like this. Well, I wouldn't want to harm the cause of Christ. Now, listen. Does Christ need us to protect his reputation? No. He's quite capable. As a matter of fact, Ecclesiastes, quite clearly, let me just give you a little verse here. Ecclesiastes 10.1 says, Dead flies cause, cause the, appointment of the, the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. That verse was quite clear. If, if he messes up, he's the one that stinks. <laughs> you, you get the picture. Okay? Christ is not damaged. Now, the ministry of Christ in a local area might be temporarily damaged, but Christ's Christ reputation is not damaged by our reputation. If that was true, religion would have been done thousands of years ago. Okay? So, this is what the Pharisees had, this is what the Jewish culture had led to. There was the real person that once had a walk with God, but then began to, be, began to realize that, you know what, I have to be seen as walking with God. And so the being seen as walking with God became more important than the actual walk with God. So this is the real person. He's got a choice as to how to present himself. Listen, they're both doing the exact same thing. Now, the interesting thing is, again, we have this dichotomy, and if, if I'm going to read the passage again, thank you guys for your patience. Hang in just a little bit here, all right? He says, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure this, their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. They have their reward, but thou, when thou fastest. So there's, listen, the requirement was the same. So, but what happens is, again, like I said, suddenly at some point he discovers a truth that it, religion isn't about what people think of me, and he feels this great weight just leap off him. And it is a great weight. When you discover that truth, oh, thank the Lord, I don't got to run around trying to please everybody all the time. Okay? And so what happens is, he loses that load, but if he does not walk with God, his focus becomes, what I have freedom to do all of a sudden. Why go to church? It doesn't matter what people think of me. I know what kind of spiritual person I am. You know, here's the deal. It's not about what you know your kind of spiritual person you are. It's about whether you have an actual walk with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is there a walk with God? They're both, they're both the same person. But one is presenting himself, making sure everybody sees him that way. Now, I'm going to make a, I'm gonna make a, a different state, a statement. We're going to call this guy reputation, and we're going to call this guy character. Okay? The two are not the same. Reputation is what everyone thinks of you. 
character is who you are. Well, yeah, but I don't want to damage my reputation. Um, if your character maintains its constant character, reputation is settled. But what happened in our life and in our culture, this is our best friend. And everything we do is gauged through what are people going to think? Well, what would they think if? And, we, and again, we spiritualize it. Well, they might, you know, this might damage the cause of Christ. So I have to be careful what I do because people might see. That's a huge burden. All you're doing is going, oh, I got to worry. You cannot worry about whatever. If you're, if you're living a life of character, you know what's going to happen? You're going to offend some people. What? Yeah, because character functions on principle. It's the person filtered with a relationship with God that seeks the word of God that has some biblical principles that walks through life guided by biblical principles that are, some of them, unmovable. And when you're unmovable, guess what you do in this world? You rub people the wrong way. But this person over here, he runs into something. Oh, well, maybe we should treat this whole LGBTQ thing a little, maybe not like the Bible says it's sin, you know. Maybe we should be a little soft. And and he starts coming up with all sorts of ways to try to soften the sin and not call it sin. Now Now listen, without, listen, Without a relationship with God and the rules only, he might even come off as trying to be bland-based against it because he wants to be seen to other Christians as, well, I'm against it. And so he ends up treating sinners wickedly and wrongfully. The guy that walks with God knows that sin is sin no matter what it's called, but God still died for all sinners. Amen. Amen. Reputation and character. Which is more important? So let me just back it up. What that means is who you are, who you are, is in this passage can be determined by two things. What you're trying to show everybody or just walk with God. That, that's what the passage is saying. Just have a relationship with God. Just fast. Just pray. No one have to know about it. Well, you know, I fast and pray. Do you? Got to got my Bible out. Got my coffee. Was supposed to. Oh, I already got two likes. But at the same time, it shows up in conversation. You know, well, while I was having my devotions, to, not that that's wrong. Let me just be careful. But why are we bringing it up? because we want this person to know I've had my devotions today? Or we want to seem to be in that moment of conversation to seem spiritual and a person of wisdom? Come on. This, Jesus is trying to get the disciples to see something. Stop worrying about looking like you have a walk with God and walk with God! Listen, stop you have to replace it. Stop worrying about if everyone sees you have a walk with God and just walk with God. Be a person that just walks with God. Don't talk about praying. Pray. You know character, right? Character is what happens in secret but shows up in public, right? Sunday school teachers that, that aren't prepared for Sunday school 
if there wasn't no secret time, the kids might not be able to figure out what's going on, but it showed up. <laughs> what? A house, if it's not built on a good foundation, what happens? It's the secret stuff, the stuff you can't see, that, that determines whether the house stands or not. Bad foundation, house is going to fall. What's the foundation? A walk with God. And every person in the room is right here. Every believer in the room is right here. You can worry about whatever everybody thinks of you and do all the stuff you're supposed to do for Christianity, or you can literally just find out what God wants and just walk with God. You know what you're going to find? A lot of the stuff you're doing here, you're going to do over here, but the, the reasoning is totally different. I always have a problem with somebody who discovers the truth of, I don't have to do all this stuff. And then everything in their life that was holy and good just kind of disappears out of their life. Like, uh, what? Well, hold on a sec. Suddenly, they're not in church. When did you read your Bible? Oh, well, God knows my heart. You know what I'm saying? No, walk with God. There must be a walk with God. Thank you, guys. Thank, I appreciate. You, you, see what I'm, you see what Jesus is presenting here? The 30,000-foot view is a very strong one that says, listen, stop worrying about what everyone else in the church thinks that you're spiritual and just be spiritual. That's pretty straightforward. Don't worry about whether... matter of fact, Jesus even goes to the point of saying when you fast... Why don't you just go ahead and wash your face and make it look like you've had plenty of meals and not like that's going to you know, bother most of us. Go on about your day. If you have to take a couple of ibuprofen for the headache, take your ibuprofen so you don't bite everyone's head off. And don't go in saying, well, I'm sorry, I'm just a bit hangry because I've been fasting. Huh? No, Jesus is saying, no, don't. Fasting is pointless if, if you're not actually... Fasting to talk with God. Well, I am talking to God. Yeah, but if you're going to run around and tell everybody, guess what? Your, your flesh is out there going, that's right, look at me, I'm pretty spiritual. Just fast. Shut your mouth and fast. By spending time with, I'm telling you, this is the hardest part, with God. But, is prayer important? How, do, do we know prayer is important? How many, how many in the room would acknowledge that prayer as an activity that's important would be one of the things that we struggle with doing consistently the most? Isn't that interesting? Why is that? Because our flesh wants to be reputation. And it doesn't really want to have to put the work in to a relationship. Because a relationship is work. Can a mar- I know I go back to this a lot, but can a marriage survive if it only looks good in public? And they might, they might even stay living together all the way till they both dead. They might even sleep in the same bed, but there's a biggest wall between them that you've ever seen in your whole life. You hear what I'm saying? What's, your Christian life is not based on what everyone sees in public. It's based on what you're actually doing as a Christian. Amen.
in the Old Testament, uh, we sing a song. We sing a song about it at Heartland. Uh, it's repeated, I think, a couple different ways. Uh, I think once in Deuteronomy, and I know once here in Micah. But Micah six eight says, um, "He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly." What is justly? Whatever he wants, to love mercy as he loved, and to walk humbly in front of other people, right? No, to walk humbly with thy God. You want to be a Christian? Walk with God. Don't talk about it. Don't, excuse me. Now, the outflow of character. <laughs> Leaks everywhere. It shows up. Who you are as a real person, it shows up. And sometimes it shows up over time. Sometimes it shows up immediately. Sometimes it shows up at crisis situations. But who you are in character, the real walk with God is revealed eventually. It will be revealed eventually. Some crisis comes along, some major event and you know, a loss of a loved one, or a, a, a major sickness, a major personal sickness, a major personal damage, and your personal walk with God, its strength is revealed by the crisis. Or when someone starts talking about, you know, you, you've been to church, you've been to church, you've, you've been a member for like 20, 30 years, and someone starts talking about some person in the Bible, and you're like, who's that again? What are we talking about? Well, you preachers, you're supposed to know it all. You're supposed to be reading the Bible. And yeah, yeah, that's our job, but we're not actually, we're just a Christian. Your walk with God should be the same. I'm just telling you, I've known some members who, whose walk with God has been well beyond all the preachers I knew. And it's not like they were called to preach. They're just being, they're being a Christian. They're actually walk. Listen, don't 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 tell me you're a Christian and you're not actually having a prayer life that desires to talk to God, and a Bible reading life that desires to hear from God, and puts what's in here in my life in place and makes room. Amen. It starts shoving my stuff out of the way so that God's stuff can get in. Amen. That's what fasting should do. Christ is capable of maintaining his own reputation. What you need is your walk, your character, a real walk with God. We can, you know, Christ pretty much said it. If you're going to keep worrying about what other people think and you're doing this, that's hypocrisy. But if you're, if, if you're also not going to care what anybody thinks and just do your own thing, or you're freed of the burden, but you're not actually walking with God, that's just idolatry. Because now you're just doing whatever you think is right. There must be a replacement. You must walk with God. You, you, have, to, you have to stop doing the... Um, you have to do what you do because of God. Uh, it, it's interesting, having conversations. It was great having the Coopers here. Um, we laughed. Some, you, know, you, guys, you guys have friends like that. You'd, you can say about three words when you get together, and next thing you know, you're all laughing so hard. I mean, you know, just, just ridiculous. We just had a lot of fun. And, and you know what? We're as, Paul and I are as opposite as the day is long. 
and we argue about stuff back and forth, and we can look at the same truth, and I can say it one way, like I'm saying white, and he's saying black. I'm just saying, that's, I mean, and we, we, we argue about some of that stuff, and, but you know what I love to hear? When we get done, we're looking at each other, and we're saying, so, but why are you doing that? Well, I'm going to stick with this, because this is what I believe God said in the book. You're my friend. <laughs> this is what God said right here. Why are you doing what you're doing? Well, because that's what the preacher said. Let's listen. You know what? There is a time in life. Be careful. There is a time in life. Paul said in many places in the New Testament, follow me. Follow me. Baby Christians don't always know what to do, and baby Christians for a while have to follow the leadership of another person, just saying, do it like this, do it like this, do it like this, until that person begins to understand. Oh, I see. I, got, I connect the dots. It's just like kids. You know, you can try to reason with them when they're two years old, but their reasoner don't work. Their reasoner, you know, you, you, you pop their finger a little bit and say, don't do that. That fits. They connect. I don't want that hurting again. Okay. A little loud pop on the diaper that only makes a big noise, doesn't hurt a thing. They think, you know, I don't want that loud noise again. But as they grow, you begin to stop. You stop that, and you begin to realize, you begin to teach and reason. That's the same thing with a believer. So there is a time for growth where I'm not sure. Listen, there, there's some things that I do as a pastor still today that I'm still not entirely sure about. I'm, I'm not saying I think they're her- heretical, but where is that in the Bible? But you know what? I'm not going to change it because good men have taught me to do it. And until I can see some good biblical reason to make an alteration, I think I'm going to stick with what I know. There ain't nothing wrong with that in your personal life as well. I'm just going to toss it all because I don't have to please anybody. Well, for walking with God, I want to please God, and they think it pleases God, and maybe it is a good thing for me to do. I'm not doing it because it pleases them. That's why we're called independent Baptists, by the way. That's why I can, that's why I can, I can trust my friend going off into the ministry. I, I looked at him and said, Paul, some of you are here Wednesday night. I looked at him and said, Paul, are you, doing, are you doing exactly what God wants you to do? He said, absolutely, wholeheartedly. Then I'm with you 100%. No question. You know what? We ought to be looking at each other and stop saying, well, if you were a Christian, you would. Because you're wanting them to look like what you want them to look like. So you can be happy with what they're looking like. Eh, you hear that? No, what we do is say, what's the Bible say? What does God say about that? Do you have a walk with God? Amen. Amen. Do you have a walk with God? Do you? Are you uh, teens? This is a great. All the teens. This is. It's time to start listening. Because your your relationship with God, for, there are some things you just need to keep doing because that's what you've been taught to do. But right now, you should be in transition to seeking God for yourself. Right now, I, the earlier the better. The earlier the better. I'm, I'm telling you, there are, prob- there are probably people sitting in this room that have been saved for 40, 50 years that still are doing what they're doing because of what everyone thinks. Not because they've actually found it for themselves in conversation with God in His Word. Amen. That's, by the way, that's still immature. They're still baby Christians. You, you need to be seeking God's Word for yourself. It's why, it's why I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm not a big fan of a lot of devotional books. Because they talk about God. 
They, they talk to you about God. And what you need to do is talk to God. Amen. You can talk to people about, they can tell you all about them. That's great. And they have their use. And I have been helped by some, but I don't use them anymore. I need to know what God says. What's God saying? Do you have a walk with God? Stop playing Christian so other people can see you as a Christian and just be a Christian. Just walk with God. Talk with God. He says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. I probably, I probably beat this, but again, stop worrying about your reputation and start developing your character. Amen. Stop worrying about your reputation and start building your character. Mom, have, get up tomorrow morning and read your Bible and, and pre, God is there. This is Him speaking. Listen. Listen. Not for some auto, in, you know, some weird voice in the night. No. What is it saying? Who is it talking to? What are they talking about? Amen? Well, I just don't get it all the time. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, my best friend Paul, we, we argued for an hour. Was it an hour? On the, way, on the way to the airport about something. It was the craziest thing in the world. I mean, totally seeing something completely opposite because we're different personalities. Guess what? Not everyone has an instant personality connection with God. Matter of fact, most of us don't because he's spiritual and we're carnal. Read, talk, ask questions, look at the scripture. Who's talking? What are they talking? Why are they talking about that? You know, we could get stuck here in Matthew 6 looking at just fasting and miss, miss the fact there's a big context here. There's a big picture here that Jesus is saying. In your giving and in your praying and in your fasting and in your forgiveness, what's most important is that you just have a walk with, that your relationship is real with God and not that everybody else sees all this stuff. They're going to see it because if it's real, it will be seen. Amen. So everybody, how many remember uh, Mr. Snuffleupagus? Sesame Street? Come on. Did, do you remember that for years that was only in Big Bird's head? I was, I was watching. I, I, I'm pretty sure I remember the episode. I was only about three, three and a half years old. But when, they, when Mr. Snuffleupagus was introduced as a real person. Let me tell you, if, there, if there's something that's real in your life, it is going to show up. Don't worry about the reputation aspect of it. Amen. Walk with God. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it. Don't pretend to do it. Walk with God. Father.